It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings. Your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked on Podcast Network. Welcome back after a little hiatus. We took Monday off, Tuesday off for the holiday. Back here July 5th on Wednesday. Sage, how was your 4th of July, my friend? It was pretty good. Just uh, hung out here in Minneapolis, in South Minneapolis. Uh, spent some time in, in and around Lake Calhoun. So just a nice, uh, simple day. Nothing too complicated. Are you a fireworks guy? Um... I guess, uh, but I was so tired last night that I went. I was sleeping. I think at nine thirty, <laughs> so I did not. I heard the fireworks as I was uh, hopped into bed. That's about, that's about it. Nice. Went to bed with the low rumble of uh, thunderous fireworks in the background. That's kind of what I did too. We got the new puppy, you know. And when you've got the new pup, you don't want to take him into this loud, bright environment right away. So we just sat with him outside a little bit, let him hear the stuff. He handled it pretty well. Maybe next year we'll try a show, but uh, I think we wanted to ease the puppy, and I'm sure you've uh, experienced the same thing with Bernie. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, – my dog was fine last night. Uh, there was a lot of uh, stuff on Twitter this morning about people upset because people are still doing fireworks until midnight, and and their dogs are all going crazy in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, definitely – uh, definitely a, uh, a crappy experience if you don't know what the heck is going on. You hear all these loud booms and pops going on for uh, you know a couple hours. So not fun for dogs, but the kids love it. Yep, it was a picture-perfect day in Minneapolis yesterday. Glad you could be up here to experience that. I definitely had a great day as well, and we're glad to be back on the grind here on Lockdown Vikings where we continue our top five breakdown of all the positions. Today it's tight end. I think a position that's a little easier to label than the running back position or the wide receiver position because you have a few stalwarts. And, you know, not every team emphasizes the tight end like some others do, whereas everybody wants a good running game. Everybody wants a good passing game with their wide receivers. Not every team uses tight ends the way, let's say, New England does. So there are some really obvious choices here. I'll I'll submit to you Rob Gronkowski has to be in your top five even though he's so injury prone you know he's had about three out of seven years where he's been really really hurt but when he's healthy he's a game changer yeah when he is healthy Gronk might be one of the best tight ends of all time Uh, but uh, as as you said it seems like he's healthy about half the time Uh, and it seems like even when he's not healthy the Patriots find a way to win anyway so uh, Gronk is really good it helps to have a great quarterback uh, I think he has this sort of uh, perfect mix of, of size. Uh, he's much faster than he than he than he seems, just because he's so big. He takes you know his 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 uh, his runs are 
you know, three yards at a time, it seems like, per step. Uh, he's a big guy. He, he blocks pretty well, uh, which is important for a tight end. Sometimes, sometimes they're more blockers. Sometimes they're more pass catchers. He's a pretty good blocker, too. And uh, his, just, uh, his strength after the catch, he probably, uh, you know, throws defenders down uh, and, and gets yards after a catch as good as any tight end in the NFL. If he were still playing football, now strictly as a football player, Aaron Hernandez with the Patriots, do you think he and Gronk would still be terrorizing opposing defenses? Because in his playing day, he was a really good player. Yeah, so let, let me give an interesting story about Aaron Hernandez. Uh, the, I don't know if the name Brian Ferentz uh, means anything to you, but he is the head coach of uh, Iowa's son, uh, Kirk Ferentz's mm-hmm. son, Brian. He's now the offensive coordinator at Iowa. And I, I was at a charity event about, oh, four years ago, maybe five years ago, right, right probably near the end of my career, uh, over in Iowa. And uh, I was talking to Brian Ferentz at the time. He had just taken uh, a job on the University of Iowa football staff, coming from the New England Patriots as the tight ends coach. And uh, at that time, uh, I said to him, I said, is it, is it hard to coach Gronk? He just seems to be just a... Uh, you know, a wild one, you know, somebody that you just don't know what's going to happen next. And he, and he said something interesting at the time. And then sure enough, six months later, the Aaron Hernandez thing happened. He said, you know, we, we don't worry about Gronk at all, actually. Uh, he's always on time. He always takes care of his business. Uh, we really have no issues with him. Uh, there's a lot more smoke there than, than fire. Uh, actually, the one I worry the most about is Aaron Hernandez. Uh, he, he seems to have some issues. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Um, and then about six months later, all the Aaron Hernandez stuff uh, you know, came out. So uh, he was a spectacular football player. He really was. He, he was dynamic in the way that he could do multiple things. I mean, he was, he was a good blocker, too, a solid blocker. But he was, he was probably a better route runner than Gronk. And what was made him so special was that he could, they, they would actually put him in the backfield occasionally. And he could do things out of the backfield like a running back. They were doing that in in his last year before uh, you know the whole thing happened. That he was, you know, they they go no running backs uh, on the field, uh, and they put him back there for pass protection. They put them back there for you know to to run routes on a on a weak side linebacker and have that advantage. He was a very dynamic football player, and and that whole situation is is, is quite a shame. Speaking of Aaron Hernandez and Iowa. Did you know there's another Aaron Hernandez connection at Iowa? His brother was a grad assistant as a coach at Iowa and just took the head coaching job at Ledyard College in Connecticut. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I did not know that. But my guess is that that had probably something to do with the very close relationship of of, of, of Kirk Ferentz uh, and Bill Belichick. Those two are very close friends and it goes back to the old Cleveland Brown days when and Kirk Ferentz was the uh, the offensive line coach there. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Great story. Um, wow, that's shocking to look back on. Uh, continuing with the list, you know, we've got Gronk. Tell me if you like these names. Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, Travis Kelsey, Jason Witten. Travis Kelsey is number two. I think he's, he's number two. I, I think he is doing stuff that Jimmy Graham was doing a couple of years ago where they're putting him all over the field. I mean, they're throwing wide receiver screens to him. Uh, he, he is probably as good as there is after the catch. Uh, I mean, Gronk is, Gronk is a physically just a, a monster, but Kelsey does so many good things after the catch as well. 
Uh, he knows how to run routes. Uh, he, he's really become a difference maker in that offense in Kansas City. So I really have him as number two, uh, the number two tight end in the NFL. Coming off an 1,100-yard season, Jimmy Graham started out immaculately with New Orleans. Then he went to Seattle and had a tough time. Jimmy Graham is not a fantastic blocker. He doesn't do a whole lot else than catch the football. And a lot of that's because, you know, he's lining up as a wide receiver most of the time. There was that big debate about his contract, whether he was a tight end, whether he was a wide receiver. Athletically, he's probably about as good as it gets, but is he too much of a one-trick pony? Yeah, that, that is his weakness. Uh, that's why he's you know not up there with the one and, and the two. I, you know, he's probably in the top five still. Um, you know, interesting thing interesting thing about him is that you know he was the one of those guys that played basketball. He Antonio Gates uh, and some others out there. Uh, you know, he was a very good college basketball player at the University of Miami. Didn't really play football, uh, but his size just is, is is perfect for the tight end position. So one of the reasons he's not a good blocker is because of his height. That's actually, it can become a disadvantage uh, when you get to 6'7", uh, almost 6'8", and that you don't have the leverage. You can't get underneath, you know, a defensive end's pads uh, to move from him. And, and once, and, and the blocking is really all about leverage, and uh, he doesn't have that. So you see a lot of times when he's in his three-point stance uh, that, um, uh, that uh, the Seattle Seahawks will actually run the ball in the other direction. So he's more of a backside cutoff blocker rather than somebody at the point of attack there must have been something in the water with the 2003 draft class for tight ends antonio gates started in 2003 has spent 14 years with the same team 11,192 career yards jason witten drafted in 2003 14 years with the same team 11,888 yards do you have a favorite between Gates and Witten? Oof, that, that, that's a tough one. Um, you know, they, I will say this. They, they've always run routes very differently. Um, so it depends as a quarterback what, what you like. Uh, Jason Witten is a very precise route runner. Uh, and I, But I would say back in the day when, when Gates was younger, he no longer has the athletic ability he had in his first, you know, seven or eight years. Gates was a better athlete. I mean, he was a – uh, hands down a better athlete. You could do more wide receiver type stuff with Antonio Gates. Uh, Whit Witten's a little more precise in those routes. Uh, Witten was probably a better blocker uh, when they're both in their prime. Uh, but Gates is just more athletic, and he's still getting it done. Uh, he used to be more vertical down the field, corner routes, seam routes. Now he's doing a lot of stuff over the ball, little option routes, shorter throws, uh, where he can still use his craftiness and savviness to, to beat linebackers and safeties one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, but no longer pushing pushing the ball down the field as much. Yeah, Gates has been and still is a better red zone threat than Witten and maybe than any other tight end except for Gronk. He's got about a 50-touchdown edge in his career on Witten, but Witten's been a lot more durable. He hasn't missed a game in like 10 years, whereas Gates is starting to break down a little bit. You see you know, a, a season with 10, a season with 11, a season with 13. Uh, Witten's got a little better stats, a little more consistent, and he's had a little more success. So I would give Witten the edge over Gates, but it's very close. Different players, as you alluded to. So right now my top five is Gronk, Graham, Kelsey, Witten, I'm going to add Greg Olson into my top five. He has transformed his career after leaving Chicago. 
Uh, Cam Newton has been a great partner for him. Three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. I mean, if you're talking about tight ends that are trending upward, I mean, that is, that's about as good as any tight end has had the past three years. Are you, are you putting uh, Jason Witten in your top five tight ends in the NFL? Because I am not. You're not. Okay. I am not. No, I, 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 he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Antonio Gates is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, but right now I think they're somewhere more in the middle of the pack. Uh, of the NFL just because of their age and sort of lack of lack of being a real threat uh, anymore. The criteria is tough because do you go with do you go with the established talents or do you go with the up and coming talents? And uh, after kind of the pantheon that we've mentioned, then you get into some grayer areas. You know, Zach Ertz, Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph. I don't know if he's top five caliber. Uh, Jordan Reed. Very athletic from Washington. Well, well, let, let's start with that Greg Olson. I think okay. Greg Olson's the third best tight end in the NFL. Again, a very mm-hmm. good blocker. Uh, I, I, he might. I think he has some long stretch with uh, with playing. Uh, you know, with, with so many starts in a row or something. He doesn't seem to get hurt very often. Uh, I cannot believe the Chicago Bears let him go. I don't. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, another, another quick story here. I'm, I'm I'm playing for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is Nick Saban's year. And we have Brock Berlin uh, as a undrafted free agent quarterback on a roster, and we're talking about you know the tight ends at the University of Miami that they had. You know they they had so many good tight ends there. He said Greg Olson uh, was hands down the best tight end uh, that we had on that roster at the University of Miami when, when he was there. So he's still playing. He's a heck of a player. I think he's the third best. Uh, I think he's the third or fourth best uh, you know tight end in the NFL. Um, and you know yeah, I think that fifth spot you know. Rudy's a, a very good tight end, uh, but I don't see him as a top-five guy. Uh, he does some things very, very well. But Rudolph is a very good blocker. This is a Viking show. We might as well talk about the Vikings' number one tight end. And, and, and Kyle's a very good blocker. Uh, he's very tough. He's, he's not afraid to get in there. Uh, he's not afraid to get nasty. Uh, and uh, he also really understands coverages and leverage and, and how to use his body. So he, his biggest issue is he's just not – uh, you know, super fast vertically, uh, you know, down the field. Uh, he's a, he's, you know, he's 270 pounds. If you don't realize how big Rudy is, he's a really big boy. And uh, so, so he lacks a little bit of speed to probably to make him elite. Uh, but he's definitely a top 10 tight end uh, in the NFL. Rudolph last year finally cashed in the type of season Vikings fans had been waiting for for about three years. He had that really, really good uh, 2012 stretch with Christian Ponder, and even in 2011, he flashed uh, some really positive things, but then he regressed. He got hurt in 13 and 14. Then 2015, kind of inconsistent, good in the red zone, but not really in the open field. And and then last year, finally, 840 yards, set a bunch of Vikings records, seven touchdowns. Uh, Hopefully he can build on that because, you know, he's 27. He's entering his prime years. Vikings have him under contract. He's turning into one of the faces of this franchise uh, just based on his longevity and the work he does in the community. So I'm all about Rudolph, you know, being a top 10 tight end. He needs to back it up one more year, I think, to get the the recognition league-wide. Yeah, he, he uh, as you said, he is he has become one of the faces of this franchise. He's he's very uh, uh, visible in the community, always doing charity events, always doing, uh, you know, he just loves being out there in the community, likes likes doing, likes working with the media. I'm sure you've probably worked with them a little bit, uh, you know, in the locker room. Uh, and uh, he says and do, does all the right things. He's a great teammate. And uh, I, I, I think that this is this is the time 
uh, in his career right now. Uh, you know, he's been around, he's seen a lot of things, done a lot of things. Uh, and in about three or four years, you know, he's going to start to slow down, you know, even more. And, and that'll be, you know, probably the end of his career you know, after probably you know, 11 years in the league or something like that, 11, 12 years. So uh, this is this is his time to really step it up. The Vikings need him to step it up, uh, especially where Sam Bradford, you know, throws so many short and intermediate passes. You know, his tight ends, you know, should be his go-to uh, in, in every football game. Now, if we're talking just top five fantasy tight ends, uh, I bet O.J. Howard would be close to the top five. He, having not played it down, I think O.J. Howard is projecting very nicely for this year. I, yeah, and I, and I think Jordan Reed, you mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Jordan Reed, uh, if you look at the fantasy standings, a lot of these fantasy uh, predictors have him as a, as a top five tight end. So, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, too, likes to throw the ball to the tight end. You know, Sean McVay, who was the offensive coordinator, he loves working the tight end. We'll see how that changes now that he's moved on to the, to the Los Angeles Rams. So statistically, Jordan Reed is also you know, a top five, top seven tight end as well. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep on Martellus Bennett either now that he gets to play with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. That's another one. He had a great year with Tom Brady. Now he gets to play for Rodgers. That's going to make him a lot of money at the, at the tail end of his career because he got to play with veteran QBs at the very end. Yeah, that, that's something that we've, we talked about last year. Uh, one of the issues of Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers, but they, they really lacked a, a tight end. They, they hadn't had a, a legitimate threat. I mean, some of that really scared defenses uh, since Jermichael Finley. They've had some good tight ends, but nobody that was a real stud in Martellus Bennett. Uh, he, he has a way of, you know, he understands uh, half the battle of, of being a good tight end is finding the right quarterback. He played for Tom Brady, uh, played for Eli Manning, uh, and now he's playing for Aaron Rodgers. So a uh, pretty smart and savvy tight end. Always go to where the, the good quarterbacks are as well. So to summarize, I'm going with Gronk, Graham, Olsen, Kelsey, fifth spot up for grabs i'm gonna stick in the veteran witten because i like his durability and his consistency sounds like you're going a different direction maybe i'm gonna go i'm gonna go martellus bennett as that number five Mm -hmm. because of uh he's a good player he's a he he too by the way big guy uh good blocker uh but but also now he's playing with aaron Rodgers, so i imagine he's gonna have some some very good uh very good games this year all right last one to end uh, have you ever been in the room when a head coach announced that he was just fired? Because that happened to Jeff Fisher last year, and it was captured on video by that Amazon show, All or Nothing, a season with the Los Angeles Rams. And it's pretty emotional. They, they have video of him announcing it to the coaches as well as the players. There's a lot of shock, a lot of silence, a lot of emotion in the room. Have you ever witnessed that? Well, the only time, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, 2004, I was with the Miami Dolphins, and, and Dave Wanstead was fired midseason. Uh, but I just can't remember uh, how that all went down. I'll, I'll have to you know, go back and ask some of my old teammates, how'd that go down? You know, did, did, uh, did Dave tell us all you know, in, 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 you know, during a meeting, or did, we just, did he was just sort of let go, and that was the end of it? I, don't, I, I truly don't remember uh, how that all went down, and, and I'm fairly sure that he was let go and there was no you know, final speech to the team. Well, I mean, the toughest part about this video is watching him tell his coaches because you know, the players are under contract. You know, the players' situation probably doesn't change a whole lot. Uh, coaches, they probably know – 
many will not be retained. So head coach goes, most of them gone as well. That's pretty powerful right there because you're hearing that you are probably losing your job. It is, and people don't realize that when, you know, when a head coach is fired, about 90% of the staff usually is let go as well. Occasionally, uh, some, of the, some of the best coaches are retained. Uh, but, and that means staff, that means also family, that means kids moving schools, that means uh, you know, sometimes even secretaries, sometimes even equipment or, or uh, 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 trainers. I mean, some coaches, you know, Brad Childers, when he came to the Vikings, he fired all the trainers uh, and, and hired uh, you know, Eric Sugarman, who's done a phenomenal job since he's been there. But that, that does happen as well. So uh, when, when the domino falls at the top, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a lot that goes on behind it. Hopefully that doesn't happen to the Vikings anytime soon. It's Locked on Vikings. He's Sage. I'm Sam. Make sure to hole a bunker shot a la Jordan Spieth for me today at Winsong Farms, and we'll talk to you on Friday. Sounds good. We'll do. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.